0: If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to the book of Acts. Uh, Actually, we're going to be a little bit throughout God's Word today, so God's Word will appear on the screen for you. But we're going to look at Acts uh, chapter 9, verse 31. As we land the plane on a sermon series that we've been making our way through, that we are family, um, and incredible to be a part of God's family in that reality, uh, I hope and pray that each one of you, it is a part of god's family and maybe you're here and you're not sure maybe today will be the day or you're watching online and again i haven't even started this sermon yet but i want to start and tell you about a sermon series that's coming up uh, after memorial day i'm going to be preaching through a sermon series called god's family values if we are family uh, what are god's family values and I'm, I'm really excited about this sermon series it's different than any sermon series uh, that i've preached in the past uh, we're going to preach on things like gender. Uh, we're going to preach on things like marriage. Uh, we're going to try to do it in a way that's biblical, uh, in a way that's winsome, in a way that's truthful, uh, not just uh, angry. Uh, but we live in a time where if we are God's family, we got to know God's family values. we got to know why. And so will you be praying for that? Uh, that's going to be uh, throughout the summer. We're going to look at those. And so if you miss one, you can always pick them up online. But today, we are a family, and a family of God, and a family of God grows. It's to grow. Why? Because healthy things grow, right? I mean, healthy things are to grow. Healthy people are to grow. Healthy families are to grow. Uh, healthy churches are to grow. But we know uh, the reality is, yes, healthy things should grow. But is it not true that it seems like unhealthy things grow sometimes? Um Uh, sometimes we see unhealthy churches they seem to be growing and flourishing what is happening some unhealthy things in our lives and to me it makes me think about living in Florida do healthy things grow when it comes to doing yard work in Florida some of you are blessed you have somebody else do your yard work Uh, some of us aren't so blessed with those things And you got to know to do yard work whether you own one small patch of grass in the backyard or you own acres it is not easy because not only do the healthy things seem to need a lot of help to grow it seems like all the unhealthy things grow like wildfire I mean it's it's uh, it's amazing how quick weeds grow Uh, it's amazing how where they grow I mean there's cracks in your driveway they'll grow there I mean they'll grow on every little piece that everything you have they could be weeds I've gone through two weed whackers I right now have a broken weed whacker and it's almost like I've given up you weeds I cannot keep up with you I mean it's not enough just mowing the lawn uh, it's trying to beat back the negative things and then the healthy things in Florida anybody here will have st. Augustine grass that Florida grass it's satanic I mean, you got to water it like crazy. you got to fertilize it. I mean, all the bad stuff grows in there. I mean, to have uh, don't you want to just give up, say, "Oh God, whatever grows back there, just let the thing grow." But uh, healthy things should grow. Unhealthy things need to be taken down this morning we are as we land the plane as we are family, uh, where it should be God's family and God's family grows. We should grow in our witness and our worship. I actually have those in verse. We should grow in our worship and our witness. So here's what we looked at so far. If you missed it, where have you been? But if you looked at it, here's what we've unpacked so far. One is we are family, and we're not just any family. We're part of God's family. Hit pause. I don't know where you are, but you want to be a part of this family. Uh, It's amazing grace of God that he has adopted us in Christ Jesus, that he has brought us in. It's more than he just cares for us. It's more than he just forgives us and sets us free. And man, that'd be incredible. He pulls us close and near. He calls us beloved. We are a part of God's family. Now again, uh, we live in a broken world and there's so much brokenness around us and there's so much trouble and strife. But at the end of the day, when you know that you are God's and you are loved and you are forgiven and free, to be a part of that family picture, it doesn't get better. So that's, where we begin, end, and will always continue to be. But we are a family that worships together. We've looked at that, that God's made us in his image. He's made us to worship. Uh, We're to worship individually. We're also to worship him corporately. This is important. God's word says don't forsake this. Come together and, and worship him. He is worthy. He's created us to do it. And as we worship him, there should be a witness about it. The world should say these Christians are wackos. They're loving Jesus. You're right. We are. And there's a love with one another. Do you know that Scripture says, Jesus says, listen, the world should be able to identify you by the way you love. Certainly the way you love God, but watch this, the way you love one another. The way you really care for one another. The way you weep with one another. The way you rejoice with one another. So we are a family that worships together, um, and we have that privilege. We are a family that serves together. Uh, As that Charlie has unpacked that message for us, That God has gifted each one of us in unique ways. He's gifted all of us for himself, all for his glory, all for the benefit of the family. Um, You are a unique part of the family, but an important part of the family. I love what scripture says. There's not one part that's indispensable. So maybe your gifts aren't preaching and teaching. Uh, Maybe your gifts are more behind the scene. But if God has given you gifts, he wants you to feel the pleasure in using them uh, to be a blessing to his church, and to be a blessing to his community. So we should be all hands on deck, a family that serves together. Uh, we also a family that gives. Uh, why? Because God is first and foremost given to us. Uh, we are a family that we should respond and give. And then lastly, we are a family that should grow together. So i got three things for us. God's family grows. Uh, we're going to see the plan and purpose of God's growing family. Then we're going to see the portrait and parts of God's growing family. And lastly, we'll see our personal uh, growing plan. A lot of times we always always want to go right to what does it mean about me, Uh, but we're a part of family, what it means about us, what it means about God, it should be first and foremost. So here's what we're going to do. Today's sermon is going to really start big. It's like the big picture. What is the big picture of God? Why does he care about families multiplying? What is his plan and purpose of our growth? Because God's got a plan it's not random so then we're gonna narrow it down and we're gonna look at the book of Acts and we're gonna take one example actually one verse in the book of uh, of Acts that talks about a church that multiplies and we're gonna say what did they have what were the parts what were the components now here now listen oftentimes people say the church needs to go backwards to the ancient church no we don't Uh, there's so many things that we have today they don't have we are to be the church today here and now We don't want to just go back to the golden days. But we want to see what did God use to bless them? What were the parts that they had to make them flourish and grow? And what are the things that we need to make sure that are part of King's Chapel and our church? And then lastly, there is this personal plan for our growth. What is our plan for growing? Because healthy things should grow. And we should be growing in the Lord as well. So we're going to start from the big picture. We're going to work our our way down uh, to our personal plans. We're going to see God's word. In Acts chapter 9 uh, verse 31 Um, hear the word of the Lord this is the church as it grows Acts 9 verse 31 so the church I love the fact here it's singular Uh, sometimes it's talking about different churches in different areas but this is talking about the church so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the lord and in the comfort of the holy spirit it multiplied the grass withers the flowers fade but the word of our god will stand forever thanks be to god let's pray now father god every sunday i ask for your blessing and every sunday i ask that you would speak through a broken sinner like me and and god there's some sundays where I feel that I need your grace more than others, and this is one of those Sundays. I don't know why. But God, I know that if you're not present, this is all in vain. But God, you tell us that your word will never return void, and that God, that it will bear the fruit that you desire. And God, I know that this is the word that we need to hear. We understand. We need to understand what it means to be your, a part of your family, and how is your family to grow? How do we grow in the midst of such darkness? So, God, come and be with your people. Now God, I'm going to pray for the one who's not a part of your family. That today would be the day that there'd be a family homecoming, and that you would bring open up blind eyes and and clogged ears to hear the truth of the gospel. But God, for those of us who are part of your church, maybe here at King's Chapel, maybe another particular church, uh, that God, that we would flourish for your glory, that we would grow, that we would see this as your plan. God, the things that I say that are wrong are just my opinion. May those things fall away and be forgotten. But God, the things that are said that are true and contain this this is the good news of the gospel found in your word. Would you use those things to make us more like your sa- son, our Savior Jesus? And it's in his matchless name that we pray. Amen. All right, so let's, let's start from the very beginning. Let's look at the big picture. And the big picture is this, God's growing family. And God has always had a desire for his family to grow. And we're going to look at, from the very beginning, the plan and the purpose of God's growing family. I'm going to take you all the way back to the very first chapter of the Bible. Uh, That chapter we find about this God who, who creates everything through a spoken word. Think of the power of that word. Who out of nothing creates all things. But as he's creating all things in this beautiful, poetic way that's given to us in Genesis 1, there's a pause in his creation. God himself kind of stops and he pauses. And he says this, and this plan and purpose of God's growing family in verse Genesis 1 verse 26 through 28 then God said let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the li- livestock and over all of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so God created man in his own image in the image of God he created him male and female he created them and god blessed them and god said to them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth then the psalmist will add this in psalm 57 5 be exalted O god above the heavens And let your glory be over all of the earth. And the first thing we're going to see for God's plan is the plan of creation. And what was the plan of creation? Well, he he makes image bearers of male and female, and he says, here's the plan, be fruitful and multiply. I want you to be fruitful and multiply. Multiplication has always been the plan. Why? Well, I want to fill the whole earth with his image, his presence, his beauty. I think about creation i think how cool of god you know god could have done it all himself god could have immediately created earth to be all of paradise he could have filled all of earth with his glory he didn't need us but it pleased him so what did please god he pleased god to make a man and a woman in his own image bring the two together and says by the way i want you to do it i want you to be fruitful I want you to multiply. I want you to grow. Why? Because I want this whole earth to be filled with image bearers that know me and love me. I want this whole earth to be filled with the knowledge of God. I want to see you do it. I want to see you multiply and fill the earth with my glory, my presence. I see it this way. I think it was one of my seminary professors. I think it was Richard Pratt. When he was talking about creation, he says, see, creation is God's trophy case. And I perked right up, because I love trophies, right? And I, I love that. like, okay, creation is like God's trophy case. And what he wants to do is he wants to fill his trophy case with his glory. And how does he do it? He brings us into his family. He brings us in to multiply and to fill the earth with his glory, like his trophy case. He created us to reflect who he is and reflect his glory and beauty. So what does this mean to you and me? I know it sounds so big. I mean, doesn't it sound big? I mean, it's one of those things that a pastor knows. Hey, listen, God created us to multiply and fill the earth with his glory. And we feel like, okay, I get it. But what does that have to do with me? How do I wake up tomorrow any different? Are you part of God's family? Are you his? Your little corner of the earth, wherever you are, whatever's happening, God wants to fill that corner with his glory. He wants to fill that corner with his presence. Listen, you matter. The way you live matters. And the, the bottom line is, who are you living for? Are you living for your glory? Or are you living for God's glory? Who's on the throne of your life? Is it you or is it Jesus? You see, this is, this is what the Bible tells us. There's that God is the one who should be getting glory. God is the one that we should be worshiping. God is the one that we should be living for. In our little corner of the the earth, our little world, our little families, let your kingdom come in my life. Let your will be done in my job. Let let your will be done on heaven as it is in earth. In, in, In all that I do, what you do matters. Think of God's big plan. It's to fill the earth with his glory through you and me. How do we do it? Well, we live in submission to Christ our King. We live on mission for Christ our King. That is how we do it. It's always been God's plan to fill the earth for his glory. Living for him. Let me ask you a question. You're not just living for yourself, are you? You're not living for something that small, right? I mean, if we live for ourselves, that's a small way reason to live. It may feel big, but it's not. God has given us the grace and mercy to live for something so much bigger than our little lives. Live for His glory. And watch this. Our lives connected to Him are empowered, and they're important. What you do today and tomorrow matters. To fill the earth with His presence. Well, that's the purpose. I mean, so the plan was to multiply, increase the purpose for the earth to be filled with His glory, filled with His presence, filled with His people, filled with His knowledge. So that's the big picture. Then then let's narrow it down you know sin gets in the way and there's brokenness and we're all so selfish but then god would so love the world to send his son to come and redeem us but then there's this whole plan of redemption if the plan of creation was to be fruitful and multiply watch this it's really cool the plan of redemption is the same at the end of the gospel of matthew when jesus is about ready to ascend i mean he's conquered death his his disciples and others they were bewildered this this, we saw, we saw him crucified. He was dead. We were there. He was buried. Now he's alive. It's incredible. And some of his last words that are recorded for us, it's, it's called the Great Commission. If you've been around church, you've probably heard it. But listen to how much it echoes Genesis. And the same kind of message. Jesus says this, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And I love that. Hit pause. Didn't Jesus already have all authority in earth? given to him isn't he the son of god yes but how can now he have all authority in heaven and earth because he's conquered death he's conquered sin there's nothing he hasn't defeated he is the king of kings the lord of lords the almighty one and here is the resurrected savior talking to his disciples saying listen all power all authority heaven and earth i got it here's what i want you to do with that authority and with this power i want to empower you go therefore and make disciples of all nations huh Multiply. Be fruitful. Grow. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to deserve, to observe all that I've commanded you. And Behold, I am with you even to the end of the age. Church, what are we to do? We're to grow. How do we grow? We make disciples. We multiply. There's people out there that don't know Jesus yet. we got to care for them. we got to make room for them. we got to tell them the good news of who Christ is we got to make disciples of all nations. And, and that can get overwhelming. Like, oh my gosh, it's so big. So let's just get it down to Longwood in central Florida. Your neighbor, your house, your sons, your daughters, those around you. How do we make disciples? You see, again, that was God's plan. Your little corner of the earth for his glory. We are his ambassadors. And that's, that's, uh, we are his representatives. Christ in us. So, the plan and the purpose again to fill the earth with his glory. How are we doing it? You know, one of my favorite passages, I was going to preach this whole sermon out of this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, let me read this. Let me read you. I'm going to read you 17 through 21. Hear God's word, and this is what it's going to say. God's word is going to talk about for those of you who by God's grace have embraced Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is the picture of who you are this is how God sees you if you are in Christ meaning you've placed your faith and hope in him as your Savior this is the way God's Word says who you and I are listen to this it's incredible therefore if anyone is in Christ you've put your faith and hope in him he's a new creation he's born again he's a new creation the old has passed away behold the new has come and all this is from God who through Christ Jesus reconciled us to himself, and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He says, okay, you're in Jesus. I've taken your sins, separated them far as the east is from the west. I've paid for them. I've given you a new nature. You're now born again. You're mine. You're cleansed. You're reconciled. All, all the enmity that exists between holy God and sinful man, I've taken away. I've reconciled that. But listen, I've done more. I've not only made you right with God, I've made you those who are going to make others right with God. I've made you, given you a ministry of reconciliation. Now, that's not just for some of us, it's not just for the ordained ministers or or those who are religious. God has redeemed you and given to you a ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation so you have a message that's been given to you the holy spirit inside of you and is that message of reconciliation where do you have to go to the ends of the earth no you just got to go to those around you where has god placed you what corner of the earth are you so the, so just think about this wherever you work whether you're a cop or you're a teacher or you're in real estate or insurance you are more than that you are a minister of reconciliation it doesn't mean you got to be joe i know everything about the bible it doesn't mean you got to be holier than thou don't do that be who you are a sinner redeemed by the blood of the lamb in love with jesus you can do that but know that where god has placed you he's placed you as a minister of reconciliation to grow therefore we are ambassadors for christ huh We're ambassadors. You know what an ambassador does? An ambassador represents a king. It represents a country. That's who we are. We represent King Jesus. We represent his kingdom to those around us. Um, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Now let me hit pause. This says you're an ambassador of Christ, and God's going to make his appeal through us. Pretty amazing, isn't it? I'm going to talk to him, because... I, I love sales. I did sales before ministry. Some say I might still be in sales. But I think that it's, it's the most crazy sales plan ever is what God came up with. Hey, let's tell the world the good news of what Jesus has done. All right, great. Who's the sales staff? Who, who, Who's our sales team? Let's redeem sinners and make them our sales team. You kidding? Do you know that there are sheep that are prone to wander? You know how selfish they are? You know how much they forget about who, what you've done? these are your ambassadors yes they are they're you and me we're the sales team you and me we're, the, we're we're the ambassadors for christ he knows what he's doing he knows who you are he's gifted you the gifts you have he didn't give you the gifts you don't have he knows your story he knows your brokenness but just like that stained glass window broken pieces with a light shining through something beautiful a story being told do you know that god has placed you in the corner of the world that he wants you to be he wants you to be in his ambassador. Winsome for Christ. And then here's the gospel in verse 21. For God, for our sake, he, God the Father, made him, God the Son, Jesus, to be sin. I love that. That's sin and it's singular. It's all of it, not just part. Made him to be our sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Do you know that reality? Do you know what happened on the cross? Do you know that God took his son who knew no sin to become your sin so that in christ jesus we could have the righteousness of god you know what's crazy about that it's more than the righteousness of man it's the righteousness of god so what does the mirror tell you tomorrow morning does it tell you that you're a loser that you're not enough that you're that you haven't run fast enough you haven't tried hard enough that you still stumble and fall well let me tell you what god sees you in christ jesus sin paid for righteousness of god given to you this is who we are in christ jesus and now he says listen live your life and tell others as my ambassadors god's growing family that's his plan god's growing family the plan and purpose of god's growing family then we see this portrait of god's family portrait in parts again acts 9 31 so the church throughout all of judea galilee and samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the lord and in comfort of the holy spirit it multiplied if you know the book of acts uh, the book of Acts starts with God saying, I'm going to give you this Holy Spirit. Uh, he is. You're going to be my martyrs. You're going to be my witnesses. That's where we get the word martyr. And from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, you're going to tell the good news. We're now to the ends of the earth. This is happening. But you see this portrait of God's growing family. It multiplied. How did it multiply? What did God have in it? Now, remember, this doesn't give us the exhaustive list. I could have looked at other places in the Bible and said, look what they have. I'm landing here. Let's look what they had here in this church. What were the parts? Well, the portrait was it multiplied. The parts of God's growing family were this. They had peace. Peace. It's hard to multiply when you have without peace. Is it not true? (laughs) They had peace. What kind of peace did they have? Well, they had this. They had peace with God. How did they have peace with God? Because of what Jesus has done. Okay, They were one time children of wrath. They've been brought near. They have peace with God. If you are a follower of God, you should have, you have peace with God in Christ Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the God of Peace. He's brought us peace. It's incredible. It's true. And Not only Jesus has brought us peace with God, he is the dividing wall that separates Jew and Gentile. He's knocked down the dividing wall. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. No matter where what you vote in November, no matter where you live, uh, no matter what other things that are important to you, if you're a gator, a seminal, or a hurricane, or whatever, we should have peace with one another through the blood of Christ. You're my brother and sister. There's peace with God, there's peace with one another. When you have peace with God and one another, guess what it provides? Unity. Unity. If a church doesn't have unity, it's not going to multiply. It's going to be dysfunctional. Oh, may the peace of God rest upon King's Chapel. May the peace of God, may we realize we have peace with God and one another, he give us unity so then the second thing is is being built up again this is the same word that we looked at for worship uh, that God himself is is building up this oikos this house it means a home builder that that God himself is building up the church we're doing two things we're growing and maturing we should be growing uh, healthy things grow I'd love to see us have a greater impact in our community and reach out and make room for others But not just growing numerically, growing in maturity. Growing in our knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Growing in our obedience. Listen, for a church to be built up, it always has to have this. It never cannot have this. It has to be built upon Christ, the cornerstone. There's no other foundation. If you're ever in a part of a church that's not telling you about Jesus, run. Christ is our cornerstone. And it's interesting what God's Word says. Not only is the church built upon Christ, uh, Matthew 16 and Peter's great confession, it reminds us that the church is built by Christ. That Jesus would say that I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Oh, Jesus, come and build your church. And it's being always built for Christ, for the glory of our great God and for the good of our neighbor. We are here for him. We are his bride, and may we tell his story well. Uh, So not only uh, being built up, walking in the fear of the Lord, that's being fruitful and faithful. We're walking our talk. We're not just hearing God's word, we're applying God's word. We're living out our faith, being fruitful, bearing the fruit of the spirit, growing more like Jesus, being faithful, living in obedience to his will, knowing his word, walking our talk. How much does a church stumble and fall that's hypocritical? Now listen, we're all prone to wander. We're all going to make mistakes. But we, may we truly walk in the fear of the Lord that says, God, I trust you. I'm going to walk by faith. You are mighty God and you are awesome God. And there's a sense of a fear that's a it's a holy love, a reverence for you. May we walk in the fear of the Lord. And then there's last. then there's this comfort of the Holy Spirit. Comfort of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting. In the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit is given to the church and the whole world's transformed. Wow. Knucklehead fishermen who were scared to death, who ran away at Jesus' crucifixion, God changes the world through them. How does he do it? He gives them the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit, the dunamis, this dynamite of the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit uh, as a power to be my witnesses. But isn't it great, the Holy Spirit, not only is it the power of God, it's the comfort of God. That's what God says in the church. I'm going to give you a combination, a one-two punch of power to live for me and testify for me and comfort in me. I'm going to give you strength. I'm going to put my arm around you. I'm going to let you do things in me that you never thought were imaginable. I'm going to whisper in your ear and tell you how much I love you. I'm the God of all comfort. That's an amazing God who's with us. So we've seen the big picture. God said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the whole earth with his glory. We've seen the picture of the church and some of the components they have. And here's God's growing plan for us. We mention it every week with our kids. It's 2 Peter 3.18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. What's your personal growth plan? Grow in grace. How do you grow in grace? It's growing in the gospel. You're standing in Christ. Don't forget That if you are in Christ, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. It's called justification. Jesus' righteous life and atoning death were enough for your sins. You're forgiven and free. Grow in your grace. You're standing with God. Your standing with God is never going to be because of what you do. It always will be solidified because of what Christ has done. And grow in that reality. Grow in that standing of who you are. Grow in that justification, that grace. And grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Jesus Christ. That's growing your understanding of what Christ has done. It's what theologians call sanctification, becoming more like Jesus. Growing personally. We've got to be growing corporately. Why do we need to grow? Grow to fill the whole earth with his glory, grow to make disciples of all nations, grow because healthy things grow. I don't know what God has. For King's Chapel. I love what he has here. I love being a, ch- a pastor of this church. And maybe we're going to stay fairly small. If we are, may we be amazingly impactful, no matter how many we have. May we be ambassadors, no matter how many we have. Wouldn't it be great if these seats were filled with people coming to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior? We don't want to grow just because a church transfer. Let me just make sure that's clear. We don't want to grow because somebody else down the street had a pastor that did something stupid or they got frustrated with a decision of an elder we'll take those people we'll take everybody but you know what we long for people come to know Jesus your friends your neighbors those around you and you're part of that plan together we're ambassadors healthy things grow invite people you know me I'm gonna tell them about Jesus right? Uh, there's a lot of opportunities and space for him. Who has God put around you? How do we grow together? Not just numerically, how do we put down deeper roots to know and love Jesus more? Let's dig in. Let's see who we are, and let's live boldly for Christ our King. Amen? Let's pray. And Father God, healthy things do grow. And for those of us here living in Florida, we know that a lot of unhealthy things grow right alongside. But God, we want your church to grow, not for our glory or fame, but for Jesus's. May we always build on Christ the solid rock. May we always realize that Christ is the ultimate builder, unless the Lord builds the house what we labor and build is in vain. But, oh God, would you build the church, not just here at King's Chapel, but those who truly have confessed and professed that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. God, we thank you the gates of hell will not prevail. It seems like the world's winning. It seems like the church has got so little power and influence. But, God, we have your word. We have your spirit. Your son lives to intercede for us. Oh God, may each one of us individually and make King's Chapel corporately grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May each of us flourish for the flourishing of your kingdom. We pray in Christ's name, amen.